0: Going to talk to Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And Vaughn, just before we do, a couple of emails that I got from people on the island that I thought were really interesting. Uh, one is from Paul telling me how he pulled into the Petro Canada uh, on the Pat Bay Highway last night around 8:30, and the gas station was sold right out. Pumps were all empty. He said he's gonna check again this morning. Uh, now I've been and, and the other person that wrote me was Grant, who said that he went to the Savon Foods yesterday and people were just buying groceries left, right, and center. It was super busy, and he said it just, they just feel, I feel like a lot of people on the island maybe are a little bit scared about what's going on.
1: Yeah, Simi, that's true. The island is not self-sufficient, and an awful lot of what makes it, especially the provincial capital region, uh, comes by ferry and goes to Duke Point at Nanaimo and then down the island. Trouble with that is that the Malahat, the one highway link between the capital region and the rest of the island, is in very rough shape. Uh, Traffic is being rationed through it. It is open, but it's precarious. Uh, I saw last evening at rush hour uh, the the, the wait, the lineup of people waiting to get through ran about five kilometers toward Victoria, and the other way it was eight kilometers. So That is a very precarious link. Uh, Yesterday's announcements included an announcement by BC Ferries that they're putting in an extra ferry link to bring goods from Central Island south to Swartz Bay. So they are scrambling to deal with it. But yes, um, I think the sense of alarm here is grounded in an awareness that um, the island has an awful lot of just-in-time deliveries for everything from fuel to food, and um, that link is seriously in danger. So, you know, when the Premier says don't hoard, he's talking to people in his own region, but there is a reason why people are worried.
0: Right, exactly. Okay, so now we've got this state of emergency provincially. What does that mean?
1: Well, who knew we needed a state of emergency, Right. I mean, you know, it's hard not to be sarcastic about this because we went through this over the wildfires. And way back in the summer, you know, John Horgan said, ah, state of emergency doesn't make any difference at all. Well, four days later, they declared one. Well, on Tuesday of this week, Mike Farmer said, yeah, yeah, we're going to get around to it. You know, we've got a cabinet meeting on Wednesday and we'll take it up. So we've got a state of emergency. It It does make a difference because it brings the power of centralized control to the central government, which has all of the resources it can use. I mean, I heard from New Democrats yesterday uh, feeding me the party line that, oh, it doesn't make any difference. And then suddenly it does make a difference. So they're doing this now, Simi, to deal with the fallout. It allows them, first of all, to um, clear routes for supplies and say no non-essential travel. It allows them to commandeer resources, which is something that some governments have been doing already. Uh, You know, Washington State declared a state of emergency on Monday, uh, so two days later we get around to doing it. Um, It's clearly an important thing to do, but The being in no rush to do it is characteristic of the way the New Democrats have been dealing with these crises for a while. And every time you talk to them about it, they say, oh, this is an unprecedented situation. Well, yes. So doesn't it call for unprecedented measures? Shouldn't you be taking a new and more innovative approach rather than the way you've dealt with this in the past?
0: Right. They seem to be very sensitive to this issue. And this isn't the first time of providing too much information.
1: Yeah, you know, the the uh, alert-ready system um, asked about why didn't you use it. So the mayor of Abbotsford said, well, we didn't ask for it. And that explains why they didn't do it at Abbotsford. But the overall use of alert-ready around British Columbia, uh, why wouldn't you use that? Well, Farmer says, uh, it's just a tool. It's not a silver bullet. Well, it's a tool that the B.C. government has never used. And Ontario has done 200 of these. Uh, Alberta has done 80. Saskatchewan, more than 100. Even PEI has had has used the system twice. B.C. has never used it. And when Farnworth was asked about that yesterday, he said, well, you know, uh, we're working on a, an experimental trial run, which we're going to do sometime next year. Like, again, they're not in any rush to deal with this, but... The climate emergencies keep on coming.
0: I'm just so curious as to why. Like it, it makes sense to so many people, even to be able to regionally hit people, you know, with an alert for their area. Why, if all the other provinces have done it?
1: Um, I, I, well, bureaucratic. I guess if you wanted to be charitable, bureaucratic is the reason. Um, the system has not adjusted to the change in the world, you know, the, the farmer says uh, we let local government go first and local government leaders are saying not who we don't have the resources anymore for this stuff, right? Uh, this is not your grandfather's British Columbia, right? This isn't even your father's British Columbia. We're in a new era. And you ask Farnworth and Horgan about that. They say, oh, well, that's exactly why we're reading rewriting." the Emergency Program Act, to take care of the new area era. Uh, when will that be available? Oh, sometime next year. So, again, let's hope we don't have any more of these unprecedented situations, Simi, because this government is in no rush to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I know. I just, it absolutely confuses me on that one. Uh, yesterday, though, I tell you what really got to me was the talk about the farms. And that was, oh man. right, we're going to be talking to Lana Popham in the next hour of yeah, the show. Well, but boy. let's see
1: if she makes us all cry. I, uh, I talked to somebody yesterday who said, you know, who monitors all this stuff, who said to me, um, I couldn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> I had to switch it off. I mean, Popham uh, herself got quite choked up. She's dealing with, she said, you know, FaceTime and 300 farmers. And um, uh, the most powerful part of it was she said, you know, I understand why farmers try to get their animals to higher ground, but she said we don't recommend it because when they get there, the animals are in bad shape. And she said uh, she heard from farmers who tried to get their animals out and the roads were overwhelmed, and they had to abandon the effort. So, no, this is, uh, well, she said a, thousands of animals have perished. Nice. I, um, it, it, it's a tragedy at many, many levels, and there's certainly a human tragedy and a tragedy for people. But, um, you know, the animals are in our custody, and you can see why farmers are just broken up by this.
0: Yeah, and I guess, like, what are they going to do at this point? Those farmers are going to need a lot of support.
1: Yeah, and, you know, there's there's farm insurance and crop insurance and animal insurance and all that, and that'll be there. Although, again, you know, one of the things she said yesterday was we, what, we had three or four days' worth of feed for all these animals, and that's running out. So one of the scrambles yesterday was to just get food um, to the animals. Again, um, you know, and what is it? The number uh, that was used in the legislature yesterday was, what, 50% of British Columbia's food comes from the Fraser Valley? hmm uh, So, uh, you know, the, the, the fallout from that, even when we get the roads open and start paying for the insurance and save what we can, uh, this is going to have a long-reaching impact on life here in B.C.,
0: and it, I did notice one positive out of all this was it was good to see Premier John Horgan back.
1: Yes, the Premier back and sounding good. And, you know, I was struck uh, the strength of his voice because he warned us that after the throat surgery to remove, for the biopsy that his voice might be affected. It didn't sound to me like it had been. Uh, you know, he, he praised British Columbians for being resilient in this. Uh, clearly, John Horgan is re- is resilient as well.
0: He certainly is. Oh, and they're going to, there's going to be a debate today, right, in the legislature? Yeah, the opposition, uh,
1: there is a provision in the rules of the legislature that allows for emergency debates. It's not very often used, because usually it's turned down. Yesterday, the opposition said, look, uh, both opposition parties said... Uh, Can we have an emergency debate on the state of emergency in British Columbia and what we need to do in the short run and in the long run? Uh, The government initially said, ah, we don't think we need that, but they turned around uh, and agreed to it, and it'll be this afternoon. It's only an hour, but we did have uh, some good speeches on this from... Uh, the opposition members, and it'll be a chance for the government to stand up and give a a more thorough defense of what they did. So I think it's worth doing. I also think if they can get on to what we collectively need to do in the long run to be better prepared, that could be useful as well.
0: I think so too. All right. Thank you so much for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye.